whiskey. Welcome to the Whiskey Underground. Welcome to the Whiskey Underground. We're here tonight in the secret speakeasy to relax and enjoy one of the finest man-made creations on earth, whiskey. Brent. What's happening, Scott? It is, uh, we're almost to New Year's Eve. We're, we're the eve on New Year's Eve, and, uh, we snuck down here to the speakeasy while the wives are away to, uh, to enjoy some of our, our last drams of 2019. Yep. On, uh. New Year's Eve Eve, and I'm pretty excited about uh, what we're finishing, uh, seemingly, I guess, our last pour together of 2019. I'm pretty excited about, about this one, i got to tell you. Yeah, this one this one looks really good. We've, we've kind of been eyeing this for a while. Um, we've had the bottle in the speakeasy for, I want to say, two months. It is brand new for 2019. It is actually the uh, fifth uh, regular release that Woodford has put out, so we're going to be drinking tonight. The Woodford Reserve Kentucky Straight Wheat Whiskey. So, Woodford's first foray into a weeded whiskey, but not their first foray into um, a different, I guess, blend of bourbon. Because they had the straight malt right. last year in 2018. Yep. yep. And it kind of came to mixed reviews. I liked it. It's definitely a muted flavor as, as opposed to what bourbon is, what you're used to when you drink bourbon. But this it was almost, it was almost, yeah, scotchy? I mean, it was almost kind of a scotchy, yeah, scotch centric, yeah. Uh, but had those kind of bourbon bangers. So this is kind of unique because, although there are weeded mash bills out there, most notably the Wellers and the Pappies and Maker's Mark and um, a few others out there, there's not many that are classified as wheat whiskey. Now, what is the Weller um, mash bill? The Weller mash bill is mostly corn, right? Well, it, all that's corn because it's bourbon, so it had to be at least 51% right. corn. Pappy, Pappy, Weller, Maker's Mark, all that's at least 51% bourbon. The, so, the, so the leading or the main group is, is corn. Because the only other primarily wheat whiskey that I know of is uh, Bernheim from Heaven mm-hmm. Hill. I right. don't know if there's too many out there that are more than 50%. Those are the two... Um, I guess most prominent are uh, popular out there. If there's anything else, it is definitely kind of a, a very small, uh, small batch, small, small distiller product. So, and the reason I'm excited about this, obviously, if you if you love Weller, if you love Makers as an everyday drinker, Pappy, I mean, you love that softer touch that wheat adds to the mash, the mash bill for bourbon. Typically in place of rye as the second highest ingredient, which mm-hmm. is more spicy and prominent and peppery and grain forward. Uh, wheat just lends this softness and smoothness, chocolatey kind of 
uh, smoothness to it. So I'm pretty excited about this one, Scott, because the majority of the match bill at 52% is is wheat. Wow. So yeah. this is going to be a different flavor than, than I think we've ever had on the show or even in person. I, I don't think... I don't I've know had. if... I, I've never tasted anything like this, which is it's pretty exciting. And especially something like this coming from a distiller like Woodford Reserve. Yeah. I mean, think of the reputation this this thing, this brand has built over the last couple of decades. Uh, and to release a product like this, you got to be... You got to think highly of it to put that brand on this bottle. Now, Woodford is owned by Brown Foreman, uh, master distiller for both Brown Foreman and Woodford Reserve. Uh, is Chris Morris. Chris Morris has been he's been doing some really good things. We talked about him on the uh, Old Forester Whiskey Row series that he. So, Chris Morris is master distiller for, for Old Forester. Old Forester and, and, and yes, yeah. Old Forester and, and Woodford Reserve, and he did some amazing things with that whiskey row series. So I'm excited for this because, like I said, I really enjoyed the uh, the straight malt whiskey that they did. I thought it was really good, but again, I love Scotch, so it was definitely a uh, a Scotch forward drink, a Scotch forward bourbon, I should say. Um, so we'll see what we'll see what this one has in store. So Brant, a uh, fresh crack for both of us. Uh, we got yes. a couple of bottles here in the Speakeasy. Let's crack them open. Yep. So as reported, Scott, too, another kind of cool thing about this, uh, which we haven't had the best luck in the past. This is actually a four grain. Um, so four grain. Oh God! Please let it be better than Hudson. <laughs> four grain malted whiskey, fifty-two uh, percent. I mean, uh, not malted whiskey, weeded whiskey, fifty-two percent wheat, twenty percent malt, twenty percent corn. Um, and then 8% rye. So rye at the smallest portion of this. Pretty interesting with malt and corn uh, holding it down at equal percentages at, at 20%. It's going to be really soft then because malt is, malted barley is definitely softer than corn. Corn being the third, technically the third grain of this is going to be uh, somewhat sweet and still fruit forward. But just a slight amount of rye to keep this one interesting. Man, this is... This is a... Uh, oh, boy. You can you can smell... The, the hand rub test really brings out the nice grains to that. It smells like good wheat. So... I mean, it's kind of got this nutty cooked fruit. Maybe even like some cinnamon... Yeah, there's apples, pears, for sure. I get a lot of, like, grassy notes, like hay bales. Yeah. And red apples. Ooh, red apples. Like, the red... Uh, not that I like to eat them, but I know the flavor. Um, there's a good mix of, like, brown sugar still from the from the corn. And yeah, vanilla. There's a. I would say there's vanilla. There's some chocolate. There's this like um, a whipped, like whipped chocolate. Yeah, there's a little bit of like a little bit of chocolate. You know, it's like chocolate and vanilla. 
Man, this is a uh, interesting, interesting nosing notes here. Yeah. So color is pretty. I mean, if, I don't know if that's not amber. Oh, it's pretty dark actually, for a weeded yeah. whiskey. Pretty dark. I'd call so it. Now it makes I'd call me it interested. Like a little less than mahogany. I'm, I'm interested. You know, are there laws on labeling it weeded whiskey? Does it have to be four years? Does it have to be no color? Does it have to be, you know, I don't know if there's a, if there's American laws on, on weeded whiskey. Now, it does say Kentucky straight, so I'm assuming if it's Kentucky straight, it's for, it's the same straight rules that apply to everything. It's probably four years. It's probably first fill. If, if it's, it's under four years, they have to tell you how many years it is. So yeah. I don't see any, you know, 36th month or less kind of a statement. Usually usually when they when it's less than four years, they'll say how many months it is because that's a bigger number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, I don't see anything on here about that. So I'm going to say it's probably over, just over four years, probably four to six, yeah. which, is, which is what their standard Woodford is anyways. All right. It's time to go in. Go in. So... Right out the gate, I mean, the tongue, it is super, super soft. Very soft. Su- surprisingly, so it's got this, I don't know, there's something in the finish that's kind of, uh, funky, I don't know. On the, on the palate, circle back to it. Uh, it tastes like stewed apples. Uh, it tastes like applesauce. Um, I get a little bit of like candied apple, like uh, caramel apples, as you kind of move across the tongue, and then a little, little tiny bit of like cherry, like cocktail cherry, not maraschino cherry, but more of like, um, you know, those uh, they're like cherries that are that are kind of marinated in whiskey. I, I think Woodford actually makes them. I mean, that's a cocktail yeah. cherry. I mean, a Bing cherry. That's it, Bing cherry. And then some like cinnamon apples. It, it, it's got a nice, soft palate. I don't want to call it light because it's not like watery on the palate. But like the finish is not overly okay lingering. Absolute, yeah. The cherry, that candied kind of candied or, or not candied, but like the cherry talking about Bing cherry. Yeah, is Bing cherries. All on it. But it's almost like if you ate a chocolate covered cherry and you ate the chocolate all off and you left the cherry and then you just had that kind of. Chocolate infused cherry, preserved, yeah. yeah. Well, like, but like preserved, kind of. Well, I feel like you know a cherry, in, like a, a um, Luxardo or the Woodford Reserves are kind of like steeped in other flavors. So it's like you get predominant cherry flavor, but you're eating a cherry, and your brain says I'm eating a cherry, but it's mixed with a whole bunch of other shit. It's kind of yeah. like what's going on with this. Like, I'm, I taste cherry, but I'm tasting a whole bunch of things that I'm not used to tasting when I taste cherry. 
Yeah, it's like a cocoa dusted or milk chocolate dusted uh, cherry. I mean, it still tastes like whiskey. It's just, it's definitely lighter on the finish than I would love, that I would like. I think if this was a little bit higher proof, it would probably have a little oilier side it to it. It is light. It's got a kind of crazy burn on the finish, the finish too. But you know what else gets me is it's got this super drying, like, like cocoa, like high cocoa, like like a high cocoa level chocolate has. Like when you get in the dark chocolate that's in yes. the seventies and like it dries out your mouth. Yeah. It's got like a. Um, they, they call it like a. I don't know. They like a high cacao content chocolate that like kind of dries dark chocolate that kind of dries your mouth out. Like I feel that on the the palate. It kind of reminds me of that cocoa high cacao cocoa nib. Yeah, it's like a it's like a high uh, it's like a shaved dark chocolate. Yeah. Not overly chocolatey, but kind of that bitter, almost like bitter chocolate. Almost like bitter chocolate. This is pretty good. It's definitely fruit forward, and really, really soft. I mean, you're you're not going to be burned by this whatsoever. See, for the the, the, the finish for me has got something on it that's hitting. I don't know. Maybe it's. Come on, let me drink some water. Maybe it's residual from the last. Okay, that's better. This is one I definitely have to sip on ice too to kind of get, but. So man, after so I just took a big sip of water, kind of cleaned the palate, and after I came back, it has definitely got lots of cherry chocolate. and cherry, vanilla, chocolate on the palate. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, with this one is like the palate is um, it's light, but it is fruity forward. It is flavorful. It may be light as as far as like where you know how long it lingers. But it is not lacking in flavor. Uh, lots of cherry, mm-hmm. bitter dark chocolate. Um, a little tiny hint of oak just at the end mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on the palate. But it, again, not overly oaky. It, it is a very soft whiskey. I gotta say, I do like this one. It is different. I mean, it's it's super different. I, I can't I can't say enough. I mean, you obviously can tell that. I mean. Scotch, just whenever you drink. I mean, when you drink scotch with malted mm-hmm. barley, I mean, you know there's classic things that you want to taste. Um, and this is pretty cool to be able to taste this because it kind of puts in perspective, into perspective what wheat adds to that mash bill for bourbon and why so many people gravitate to, I mean, to a whiskey just like Maker's, Maker's Mark, um, which is a weeded whiskey in the mash bill, but it's still corn. It's so, it's just a sweet, smoother, softer palate, easy drinking uh, whiskey. Which, you know, same thing. Why, why the Pappies and the Wellers of the world are the rare, harder to find ones. But um, those are rare whiskeys that people really enjoy to drink because they're easy drinkers. Um, this one is kind of crazy because it's it's got some different dimension by being so heavily weeded. And having corn and having, uh, you know, malted barley um, in the mash bill at a pretty heavy percent. Yeah, it's, uh, again, it, this is the first straight weeded whiskey I've ever had. I mean, I have 
I have Weller. Um, I drink Weller pretty regularly. Um, there's other weeded whiskeys. Uh, Rebel Yell has a weeded component to it. But again, nothing this weeded forward, and I, I kind of like it. It's, it. It reminds me more of Scotch, because Scotch, as Brick can attest, we drank some really, really high-proof Scotches that were nice and soft, and they were not overly punchy in your face. I mean, we've drank... We drank scotches in that advent calendar that rivaled the, the proof of uh, Stag and Stag Jr. And they're not punching you in the mouth. And yeah, you, I mean, some of them, you, you couldn't have guessed that they were that high, uh, high of proof. And some of that has to do with age and condition and just, like you said, just being malted barley versus corn or whatever else. So, Scott, I mean, this is pretty, pretty cool, pretty unique. I mean... I would say it gets bonus points just for drinkability and uniqueness. I mean, on top of actually being a pretty solid taste in whiskey. Yeah, no, it definitely has. Uh, it definitely gets bonus points for being original, uh, and maybe not original because Bernheim's does it as well. But this is a four grain, and this has renewed my faith in four grain whiskeys. Because <laughs> this was a hell of a lot better than Hudson four grain. Um, yeah. Brent, what are you going to give this one a number? Well, let's think about it. I mean, kind of talk through it. I mean, okay. One, let's let's talk so, through it. So, what if you think think back to and, and you really can't think back to like the bourbons. You can't. You really can't draw on anything you've done. So, think back to just like your weeded whiskey palette. What kind of number would you give this one? Where would you put this one at? Okay. Well, that's what I think of the whole the whole thing top to bottom you know the packaging doesn't necessarily get me bonus points because it's just classic Woodford Reserve packaging they went with they went with the maroon tag which I want to say um it's you know, purplish red, yeah kind of yeah kind of purplish maroon um regular I'm drawing a blank regular Woodford Reserve is black or tan I'm fucking like I'm lost uh, uh, it is. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to the website. See, it's kind of like a, a brown. Yeah, with it's a like tan, a tan, tan bottom. Yeah. So then you got the malted was like a blue, blue, right? And rise green, which rise it green. should it should be. Um, so I, I mean, I, I like the packaging. It stands out. You know, it's something different. It's a bottle that you can trust. Um, I mean, I think if you see this bottle anywhere. Um, no matter what it is, you could pick it up and probably have an enjoyable whiskey. I don't think Woodford makes anything that is it is that is bad. Um, I I am a 100% advocate for all things uh, Chris Morrison does. Um, Old Forester, or Chris Morris, Old Forester, and Woodford Reserve are phenomenal product. So I mean, right there, it's it's. In the 80s, just for being Woodford Reserve and being being quality, I, I think. I, don't, I wouldn't know if I'd ever better rank anything that came out of this distillery uh, less than that. I do like the, it's being unique. Uh, haven't tasted a weed, weeded before, so don't really know wh- what to compare it to. So, when you start to compare it to other things weeded um, that I know, Weller... Pappy, Maker's Maker's Mark. Don't put, um, don't put that away. I want some. I want some more. It's really good. It is good. 
Um, I mean, I don't think it holds a candle to all of them. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that I that I love this more than even Weller Special Reserve, just 90 proof. Um, I definitely don't think it's better than Antique 107 or 12 year, um, but I think it's probably in the in the realm of that everyday uh, everyday Weller. Um, like I said, totally different, totally different dynamic and taste. I mean, I mean, I think. Not not good enough for a ninety, but eighty nine just based on uniqueness, brand recognition, quality product. Um, like, don't want to run out of this. Something that's you know something that I want to show people now that the, that that the bottle's cracked. Yeah. Um, and I can't get it in Louisiana. Ah, you know, guy. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, I think you're spot on with this. It you know you think back to the other weeded bourbons, weeded whiskeys that we've had. Um, I don't know if I have any notes on Rebel Yell. I do like Rebel Yell. I do like Larceny. They're both very good weeded whiskeys. Um, but Weller Special Reserve is kind of like the, the benchmark for weeded whiskey. It's it's pretty reasonable in price. When you can find it, it's, what, 40-something dollars a, a bottle or 50, you know, 35 to 40 dollars a bottle on a regular basis. Some some places you can get it for like 25. And I hate those people with a passion. Um it it's uh it's very good. You're right. Not good enough to crack the 90s for me. I think for me this is an 88. It's a nice balanced whiskey. It is uh it, it's something that's going to keep you going back to it to try and pick out flavors. It, it's pretty complex for for what it is. And it restores my faith in, like I said, in four grand whiskeys. Yeah, I mean, and that's another thing. It's it's four grain, so they they pulled this flavor off with all four, mm-hmm. and that that kind of shows to me artisanship right there. Because something about something about having wheat as the forward grain um, needed help from those other three primary grains, right, to get it. To get the flavor where it wanted, wheat's very soft, so it needed to have rye. It needed to have uh, those floral, multi notes. So it needed to have some sweetness from corn. All that makes sense. I, I think if you put this head to head with Weller Special Reserve, I think they would both do do very well by themselves and then side by side. I think this is a, it's a very good expression from uh, Chris Morris. Uh, very. Very good. That it gets a it gets an eighty nine for me. I like it. Um, good deal. Well, look, Brent. As we as we wrap up twenty nineteen, this is our like we said our last ram together for twenty nineteen. Um, think back to to this year. You know, let's the, think back a review of the year on whiskey in the speakeasy. We've had some pretty pretty damn good whiskeys over the year. Yeah. Um, what would you say has been one of your best Durams that we've done? Not since the start of the show, but since 2019 opened up. Well, um, I can flip back, luckily, because I've taken notes on a lot of on a lot of things. But um, so I tell you what, I'll tell you. 
I almost don't want to tell you the best thing that we drank on the show this year because the best thing we drank on the show this year are some things that aren't available anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but just I guess since you asked, I mean, that I drank with on the on the you know drinking the speakeasy. I mean, little book. Those were mind blowing. Um, Mid ninety scores. I think little book one will go down as one of the best things I've ever tasted, ever uh, in all of whiskey land. <laughs> um, and second by um, the the two thousand eight George T. Stag that was shared with us by uh, the the Shanimal. That was really um, good. That got, that got a ninety three. I think you know once again can't get that, but we tasted that back in October, and that was. Um, Bad to the Bone, Old Forester 1910, um, which might have been. Yeah, that was released in 2019. Year. Yeah. Yeah. So that would definitely be one of my best, best of 2019 releases, uh, and also 2019 taste. Um, Old Forester 1910, and then a ton of awesome stuff in the Advent calendar, which I, I sincerely hope we continue for years and years to come. Uh, together, because that was just an awesome, awesome thing. Although I will say that I hope we do it a lot. We, we pre-record it and don't load ourselves up in December like we did. Uh, oh, we did yeah, this yeah. year. The the wives were were just wondering where we where we went to. Yeah. Um, but what what about what about you? What are some of the best things I guess that you tasted, and then what are some of the best things that you discovered in 2019? So some of the best things we tasted on the show uh, that I really loved, I gotta say, hands down, thank you to the Shanimal for bringing us the Weller, uh, the WL Weller 2008 to 2018 uh, comparison that we got to do. That was really cool. Uh, that was a fantastic whiskey, and something we'll never. Never get to taste again because, quite honestly, that that bottle is is dead and gone. I really did enjoy the the whiskey advent calendar. Although next year, Brant, I promise you, we'll pick something with a lot more bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that because having that Damo fourteen single cask again, something I will never get to taste again, was one of the best things I've ever had. Um, but I think one of the, one of the fun things that I w- that I found through this experience, through the, the BSEA, was uh, cask strength scotch. Something that really didn't exist too much, in my opinion, or in my palate, until this year, until we did uh, the Avalor Abanad. You know, one of our last shows for, for season one was Avalor Abanad. It was a cask strength, uh, something I want to say like 60-something percent. It's pretty high, and then yep. flowed nicely into the single cask whiskey advent calendar, which had a lot of single cask, cask strength scotches, which was fun to do because we don't normally get to do either single cask or cask strength scotches on the show. And what that what that kind of taught me is, you know, when I go to Total Wine, because Total Wine is one of the people that do this, where they go to uh, Battle Hill or they go to. Uh, Alexander Murray and they buy their single cask releases to look for those because you can find something that I would have put off and said Calilla 8 8 years old that looks like water and, and I think Brant called it uh, super dehydrated piss yeah yeah. and the color will fool you because my god that whiskey was phenomenal it was absolutely, absolutely amazing and so going no, you know, going through this and kind of seeing 
these different bottles, which I would have written off in the past and said, okay, that's not a Macallan. I see a funny label, but you know what? Look at the bottle. Look at what's on the on the label. See what the what the proof is. See where the cask is. See where it comes from. How many years it is. What what's in it? And you might find a gem because I've seen some of those at, at um, Total Wine for under sixty bucks. And I'll tell you what, Calilla Eight at sixty dollars. I will keep in the in the house regularly. I mean. Yeah, if you find, if you said you have that, you have found that. I found it. Are you seeing? I haven't bought it yet, but I found it. Yeah, I mean that's a pretty cool, definitely pretty cool bottle. Um, yeah, I mean this year I wouldn't say I did any crazy whiskey uh, hunts, but I, I, I found some cool some cool stuff. Um, I I ended up getting an Elmer T. Lee one hundredth birthday you did b- bottle, which was pretty cool. Which that's one of my my favorite. Bottles is that is Elmerty Lee. Um, I found or discovered Four Roses small batch non chill filter, which was one oh, of the yeah, best bottles right. in 2019 that I, would, that I would put up with that uh, Nin- Old Forester 1910. Yeah, um, which is cool. Um, drank some things that I wasn't super impressed with, um, that was kind of a, a craze. This Basil Hayden's Caribbean cask, I wasn't overly impressed with to me i um, i like it i just think it has too much of the rum flavoring in it yeah uh, that wasn't so impressive it's dangerous uh, because it, you can get to a point where you where you drink it and you're like oh this is really good but you have to have like three of them before you realize it, it you know it can be good right I, I don't hate it i just don't love it um i can agree with that I want to say that uh, one of the things that I was kind of disappointed with uh, with 2019 was the praise, uh, and again, not not something that I, do, I don't like, but 1792 foolproof won like whiskey of the year for foolproof whiskey, which I don't understand, and maybe maybe to me, or maybe some of this is too much marketing and, and you know dollars going into someone's pocket. But I want to say Jim Murray called 1792 Foolproof as the whiskey of the year for Foolproof whiskeys, and uh, it it kind of just re, you know reaffirms in my mind: go out and taste them yourselves, because don't go by what Wine Spectator says or what Whiskey Advocate says, and you know, you know go out and taste these yourselves. Go to a bourbon tasting at your local store. I mean, sometimes there are stores that have bourbon tastings where they'll come in and they'll do some different tastings where you can taste three or four different whiskeys and kind of get a flavor for them. Because, look, 1792 is not bad, but it's not great. It's not the best foolproof that I've had this year. To me, that one goes to Elijah Craig. Elijah Craig did really good by that uh, cast strength they did. Yeah, that was a clear-cut winner. That should have been... Should have been. Should have been a winner. They probably didn't pay enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. One thing I'm excited for is but, that the uh, it seems like the Japanese craze is is over, and either Japan has put out too much mediocre whiskey that people stop buying it as rapidly, and some of the older stuff is now coming back to market. 
So it's good to see that, that that's going to come back. Um, I'm just looking forward to, and, and maybe this is a, the chance to, what are we looking forward to in 2020? Um, I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing what some of these new, what some of my favorite distillers come out with. Glenn Dronach, uh, with Rachel Berry, the, uh, the master distiller there, she started this, these new batches, uh, the last couple of years. And I'm, I'm excited to see what comes out of that. I love Glenn Dronach. I think they're absolutely phenomenal distillery. They do really, really good sherry finished whiskeys. And you can buy a bottle of Glenn Dronach 21 for less than you can buy a bottle of Macallan 18. And I, yeah. I'll honestly put Glen, Glendronach 21 head-to-head with McAllen 18 and probably pick the Glendronach 21 every day. I'm with you. You know, it definitely is a pretty cool industry, and I'm excited to kind of see what happens in 2020 as well because, you know, these everyone in this industry, every one of these distilleries, every one of these master distillers, um, they already know what's coming out years in advance right because they've, they've planned this oh, yeah. uh, you know this this Woodford Reserve that we we're drinking tonight I mean was planned four years ago at least they know it they knew that that was coming out um, I mean also you have things this year that got released um, you had Balvini 12 year uh, toasted oak you had Balvini 14 year week of peat which has kind of become a thing that they're they're putting out um, every year now that's kind of been a new start it came out with a 26-year dark barley. I mean, how long has that stuff been in play that it just so happens to all hit at the same time? And there's um, there's puppet masters moving this stuff around, um, moving these releases around. So you know there's always, from these big players, there's always going to be something new, um, something new out there and coming out because uh, they can't just do it. You know, they can't just have a board meeting in January and say, hey, we need a new product for 2019 and just come up with something. Um, maybe, okay, maybe they finish a new product, something, in, you know, they finish a whiskey already in the warehouse and a barrel for three months and, and they pull out something out their ass last minute. But a lot of this stuff is well sunk into place years years in advance. Um, and all those, those releases are plotted and ready to go so um you know every year every so often something new is coming out so i agree i'm I'm interested in what the big dogs come out with uh in 2020 and uh as well as man what maybe like you said cash strength small batch stuff i can find because my eyes definitely been open to that with the advent calendar too oh yeah absolutely it's it'll be interesting to see what comes out in 2020 um redbreast is actually releasing more of their 21 year uh, Irish whiskey, which I would die to find a bottle of that. I, I think, honestly, I think Redbreast is one of the best Irish whiskeys that I've ever had. And, and uh, you know, maybe we'll have to do, I don't know if we have any Irish whiskeys on plan, but maybe we'll have to do a short pour or we'll squeeze in a little bit of Irish whiskey to, uh, to find out a little bit more about that. So, um, Brent, look, I'm going to say to, uh, to all of our BSA members out there, um, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us each and every week that, that you do. Uh, we enjoy, Brent and I honestly just enjoy sitting down here in the speakeasy and drinking whiskey together. And, Absolutely. you know, whether you guys listen or don't, we have a hell of a time, and we just hope that we help you find some different whiskeys that you've never thought of, you've never decided to try. Um, I know I think... I would probably hate to say that my 
2019 whiskey of the year, the best whiskey that I discovered in 2019. Not that I had, but the best whiskey I discovered. Brandt has got to be that Old Forester's 1910. And now, you know, I would say, I would say the exact same thing. That's if that's not that's whiskey of the year for me, 100. percent Yeah. So uh, let us know what your whiskey of the year is. Let us know what the best whiskey you had this year that you found this year, really. Uh, go over to our Facebook group on, uh, you know, search BSEA. You'll find it right there in the search bar. And uh, click to join if you're not already a member. By all means, join. We'll, uh, we'll certainly let you in. And for all of the new members this year, uh, in January, I should say, all the new members in January that, that join, you're going to be entered into an awesome prize package. It's right there on the top pin post. You'll find it there. But also, every old member, if, if you've been here since the start, if you're a founding member, if you've got that little notebook, if you've got those little coasters that say founding member, by all means, invite some more people because you also could win this awesome prize package of uh, Stag and Handy and Weller. So uh, make sure you get on that. Invite yeah. your friends. Share the share the f- podcast. Share the Facebook group. And uh, get get many more people into the speakeasy because as uh, as big as the speakeasy is, it'll never be overcrowded. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, you know, we're gonna be we're gonna be down here. We're gonna be drinking, and we want everybody that to to join along. And that's one thing we learn. I mean, you see stuff on the the Facebook page of people who are drinking that we've never seen before. Um, you learn about stuff. You see. People scores. Um, I know Brian Adams Jr. scored a couple big pappies this yeah he this did. season. Um, yes, Scott, he did. you you know you did a couple other people find you know f- finding good good bottles around there this this season this time of year. So um, yeah, get on the Facebook page, share, 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 talk about what you're drinking, uh, and and let us know. And man, don't be afraid if you taste something that you don't like to. to shout it out say hey this this kind of sucked did anybody else have a similar experience and and uh, maybe you can get some you know some feedback that way from from people that had either a similar experience or maybe don't agree and can point you in a different direction yeah absolutely so Brent uh, as we say each and every week uh, or each and every time we get down here uh, long last the whiskey and long live the adventure Absolutely, Scott. Uh, and as always, I guess for the last time in, in 2019, uh, like we always like to say, if you came here to learn, drink what you learn. If you came here to share, share what you drink. If you came here as a stranger, may you exit as a friend. And if you came for an adventure, drink, drink up. up. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, everyone. Happy New Year and good night. Good night.